Hello and welcome to this special episode of Family Law and More, where we will be focusing on how to cope with pupillage rejections. I'm Lise Redmonds and I'm your host and today I'm joined by the wonderful Fiona Flemington who is an executive coach, Roger Draper who is our chairman here at Unit Chambers and of course Eve Humphreys who is our practice manager. Welcome to you all. Hi, Hi thank you. So rejection, that's such a heavy, almost morbid, depressing word, yeah. isn't it? So I don't know whether we just sort of get straight in, deep and dirty. What what, what do we do with rejection? Shall I go first? And Yeah, we'll follow your lead. Okay. I, so if you go back to evolution, it's actually evolutionary when it comes to rejection. Because if you think back to when we were hunters and gatherers, we had to be in a tribe and that tribe helped us or we, we survived as a result of that tribe because that's when we went out on the savannah and bought the food back. So if we were rejected by the tribe, then basically we were on our own and the chances are we were going to die. So if you think about the neuroscience and the mind and how the mind works, this is why one of the reasons why rejection is so hard for us, because actually we are tribal and we need connection and we need to be part of a tribe. So if we feel we've been rejected, our brain goes to the place of you're not part of that tribe. You've been rejected. Yeah. And I think I think pupillage is such a brutal process. And I think people can be fixed on we come straight out of bar school and then we get pupillage. And I think, you know, you know, Fiona's right. This is all about having a sort of growth mindset, not a fixed mindset. I mean, I could go on about this subject for ages because this is quite a journey. And what we're, what we're finding is that a lot of our pupils weren't successful the first or second time, but they've learned from the experience and come back a lot stronger, a lot more well-rounded as well. So, you know, I, I mean, I always love that TED talk with Carol Dweck about the power of not yet. And I always say that to a lot of the pupils is you're going to be a great barrister. It's just not yet for one reason or, or another. So learn from the experience, go away and come back stronger. But I think some people can have a bit of a fixed mindset, which is just that they get their law degree, they go to bar school and then they think they're going to get pupillage. But when you're picking one or two people like we do here at unit from 140, it's not that easy. But how do you prepare for that? How do you prepare for the possibility of it being a no, not yet conversation? So I would use the acronym AMP, which is accept, move on, plan and get perspective. Okay. So accept, so to Roger's point, that this may not be your time and that we go again. And so that allows us to move on, which is, okay, so when I do this again, what might I change or do differently? And if you've had the tenacity to go back to the person who interviewed you and say to them, can you give me feedback? Then you've got the opportunity to grow. So linking back to Roger's point and the work of Dr. Carol Dweck, the growth mindset is massive here. You, you, you need to adopt that fairly quickly. That enables you to plan. And then when you plan, you have perspective. And perspective is massive because that enables you then to think, do you know what? The stakes were high. There were a lot of people in, in the arena. I was one of 140, for, for example. So, you know, in this instance, it wasn't for me, but I go again. And so if it's Raj, Eve or myself having that conversation with that individual, you're saying it's a no this time. Yeah. 
how do we frame that conversation? What can we do to make sure we're optimizing the journey for them? Mm. So the first thing I would always do is to tell them the things that went well. So this is as a result of us experiencing you in the interview. Here are all the things that you did really well. Because we will do a really good job of beating ourselves up. We don't we don't need to be told the things that haven't gone well because we can we know it. Yeah. And we can go home and we can ruminate. And then what you have to be careful of is that rumination doesn't turn into chatter. And then that chatter becomes insidious and then we're off to the races. So definitely the first thing is to welcome them, tell them what they did well. And then the way I would frame it is, and here's a couple of things for you to think about that will help you next time. Okay. Uh, or the other question I would ask them is, if you were in the situation again, what might you do differently? And then that gives them the opportunity to reflect. And then your feedback will probably back up, depending, of course, how self-aware they are. <laughs> um, your feedback will then reinforce to them, those are the areas absolutely spot on. Those are the areas that you need to work on. And we look forward to seeing you next year. Okay. Yeah, and I think before we move on to you know, the actual process, I think language is really key here, both for, you know, ourselves, but also the pupils as well. So language like failure, rejection. So, you know, as Fiona said, you know, these are the things that you did well. These are the things that you could do better. These are the things that we liked about you. These are the things that we think you could improve on. And and I learned this very quickly as a sort of, as a sports parent, because when Jack was playing tennis, the first question I'd always ask him was, did you win? And often he didn't, he, di- he didn't win. And actually the sports psychologist said, well, that's really bad because what you should be saying is how was your effort and attitude today? Because if your effort and attitude was good, then that's the most important thing because the chances are if you play in sport, if you're coming through pupillage, you will fail at some point. And so don't be afraid to, to fail, but just make sure that you do all the other things really well. And that's something we try and celebrate in unit about failing and yeah. it's good to fail that's yeah. actually where i think the best learning comes but, from but fail, fail fast, fast. Yeah. Is what you said. <laughs> the, surf, the surfers have a really good saying which is leave the last wave behind because they've got they've got to fail fast and they've got to they've got to move on but there will always be another wave that they can catch but sometimes i feel as though we say these things but how do you help pupils and new members of chambers especially if they're young especially if they've gone straight through that a- academic journey into real life workplace how how do you actually get them to feel comfortable that failing fast is is good oh. and that's a really good question and the first thing i'd say is be mindful of social media because sometimes that can reinforce to you that that you suck and that you that you lost out so i think it's really important to have a measure of you know, what it is that you, you know, that the, I get a perspective and a measurement around what happened in, in that moment. I'd also surround yourself with cheerleaders. I think it's really important to surround yourself with people who've got your back, who sometimes will sit in the mud with you because sometimes <laughs> we all like a bit of a, a bit of a whinge, but then that person then says, now I'm going to pull you out of the mud and I'm going to help you to get out of the mud. And, you know, the other thing I would say is that swim in your own lane. You know, it's really, really important to focus on what you can control, what you can influence. And one of my sayings is, and I'm sure you've heard this before, is what's meant for you won't go past you. Mm. So sometimes in that moment when we've been unsuccessful and we think, do you know, I did everything I could. I worked really hard. I've got the grades and I didn't make it. 
okay, so there's something else. The universe has something else for you. You just don't know what it is. And is it okay to have a low moment where you're sort of sat in the mud? <laughs> of course. Okay. Of course. Because we're human beings. Yeah. We, we are... Every client I work with at some point, and they're all very senior leaders, will take something very personally and it will feel very personal to them. It isn't, but that's how it's making them feel in in that moment. And and that's okay as long as we don't wallow, as long as we don't go from self-reflection to insidious chatter. And that's where we've got to reach out and go, do you know what? This isn't healthy. What's going on in my head right now isn't healthy. Who, who's my cheerleaders? Where's my cheerleaders? How can I reach out to them? Go for a coffee. The other thing is express it. So express it in a written format or express it verbally. That will also help you. I find myself doing that, like in my notes section on my phone. <laughs> if something's bothering me, rather than speak out loud, first and foremost, I'll type it down and think that it just makes you feel better, doesn't it? Just yeah. to get it down onto... So coming back to prospective pupils and they've been told it's it's not this time and they're getting ready to to go again so they've gone through that that journey of of recovering from the process and they're energized and feeling positive how do they i suppose identify and prioritize what they need to work on so their prospects of success next time round is maybe improved well, I think that's that's where it's it's really important that you know we we talked on the previous podcast about we actually call or we meet with all the candidates who who didn't come through. We give them some personal feedback, and I think giving some honest personal feedback is is really important. Now, sometimes it can be as generic as, "Look, you did really great. You just need some more experience. So, you know, how can we help you with that experience? Whether it be on advocacy, whether it be helping you get a secondment at a solicitor to be a paralegal. And as we said earlier, a lot of people come through, you know, saying, "Oh, I was gutted last year, but the advice you gave us, we." gone away yeah. we've learned from it other people it may not be experience it may be that they just don't perform well under pressure so they've got to go away and get some coaching and, and learn to perform under pressure better whether that's visualization techniques and so on and then you know other people can be slightly different i mean other people don't come through the process just because their written work is pretty appalling and slapdash and they don't have care and attention and so on. But most people who come through the, the first wave of the process is generally either just a bit more experience or it's looking at some of those skills like their advocacy skills and dealing under pressure, really. Because I just wonder whether, and Fiona, you may have a view on this, momentum slows down. So they're so hyper leading into the application season and then the, the pupillage interview window and then they hit the summer period as they recover from them being told it's it's not happening this time to then almost not put into action, you know, the feedback they've had. So how do they stay motivated to deliver on those action points? Yeah, so I would start my learning ASAP. Okay. So I wouldn't take a break personally. Yeah. I, I would line up the podcasts, I'd look at the books, I'd reach out to the people who might be able to help me and I would sustain momentum okay. rather than perhaps take a break from it because that could mean that you've lost the momentum and it's hard to then get back up. 
And there's so much, you know, to Roger's point, there is so much material. We have never been more blessed with material <laughs> around how we can get better. You know, you, you only, I, I can't, there are too many podcasts for me to listen to <laughs> on a weekly basis for self-help and how, and how to get better. So tap into people who, like myself, who have the knowledge and can just do the work for you and go, do you know what? That's a great podcast. Catch on to that one. Read that book or get it on Audible while you're driving or mm. while you're walking about. Listen to it. Make some notes. Get yourself a, a notebook or your iPad or whatever you use. Start making your notes. And then what I'd also encourage you to do is would be to get back in touch with the chambers and say thank you for the feedback. It's massive because people are taking the time to do this. Yeah, Really important you thank them. And that might be even a thank you card because I don't know about you, whenever the post comes through, so I always go to the card first, then I do, <laughs> then I do the bills and the flyers. Yeah, yeah. And thank people and then go back to them and say, this was really helpful. Here's what I've done. Here's what I'm doing. And I'm really looking forward to going again in, you know, next time around. And I wouldn't have achieved this without your help and support. So thank you. I think that goes a long way. And also, you know, excel in planning, because a lot of people, you know, they go through one pupillage process and then think, oh, my God, it's another year I've got to wait as well. But I think if you break it down into bite sized chunks, you know, I always say, right, have mm. a, you know, have a 300 day plan, have a 200 day plan, have a 100 day plan and start now with, you know, that vision of in 360 days, I'm going to be back in that interview process. And these are the things that I'm going to do every day to help me get there. So don't just leave it, really have a, a sort of detailed plan where you can break it down. And that keeps you motivated as well. Because if you, you know, if you know, you've got a vision, which is I'm going to be back in that room in 365 days time, every day, you can do something, you know, 1% better to help you get over the line next time. So we're looking to blend the individual's sort of persistence in achieving their goal, but being surrounded by their cheerleaders that's going to encourage them on that journey and that personal growth. Yeah, absolutely. And I do that with my leaders to Roger's points. We always have a 30, 60, 90 day plan. And in this case, obviously it's, it's 365, <laughs> but absolutely because everything you do will take you one small step closer to what you want to achieve. If you think about the people who are in this room today on the podcast, we will have done things that will have been out of our comfort zone, will have stretched us, will have learned things that we didn't know before we started. And as a result of that tenacity, as a result of working on the momentum, we've achieved what we wanted to achieve. And it takes hard work and it takes grit. And sometimes you've got to dig deep, folks. So as we bring this episode to a close, and if we've got listeners who are going through the experience that we've discussed today, what are your final messages to them? Well, first thing for me, as, as we said earlier, is, is don't be afraid to fail, but but fail fast, you know, because, you know, don't quit. This is This is a long process. So if you view this, that actually you know, this could be a three, four, five year process to achieve my dream and my vision, then you've got to have that, that mindset that actually the chances are I'm not going to come through this, this first time and then have that plan in place, that backup plan. So, you know, building relationships, making sure you keep improving on all the things that you need to improve on is, is, is pretty key, but, but I would, you know, stay strong, stay focused through that process and don't, you know, view that first rejection as that's the end of it because that's just the start of it. 
Yeah. And and also, you know, we've all faced rejection. Everyone again on this podcast today will all have experienced rejection. And it's it's not the knocking down. It's the, it's definitely the get, getting back up. And sometimes I have to give my clients what I call a loving boot because uh, <laughs> sometimes that's what we need is we need one of those cheerleaders. To come, on, come on, you've sat in the mud for a little bit long now. Now it's time to to keep going. And, you know, when I first started my business, which is 10 years next year, I had a quote on the wall from Sir Richard Branson. And it said, whilst the brave may not live forever, the cautious do not live at all. Mm. And I looked at that every day for the first two years because the first two years were very challenging. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then, and you know, when you start a business, it's, it's not for the faint hearted. So have a quote, have something up on the wall or something on your screensaver that that actually says, do you know what? You've got, you've got this. And whilst the brave may not live forever, the cautious do not live at all. So visuals are important. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And Eve? I would say just don't be afraid to ask questions and just keep in touch with us because there's always opportunities here as well, whether it be a mini pupillage day, you know, where you can gain more experience in preparation for the next round of pupillage interviews. So, yeah, I would just say, keep in touch with us. Don't be afraid to ask us questions. You know, we're always, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> so we're always here. And hopefully the year later, you'll be back in that seat again and you'll, you'll have prepared as thoroughly as you possibly can, you know, and you'll gain pupillage, hopefully. I think it's happened to a couple of, a couple of our pupils and barristers now where they've gone away after feedback, they've taken it on board and, you know, they've come back fighting and a lot stronger and, yeah, and now the barristers, so definitely. definitely. It all happens for a reason, doesn't it? Well, exactly, it? exactly. And a lot of them will say, God, I really actually wasn't ready last year. You know, now that I think about it, you were right. That reflection. Uh, yeah, yeah it, uh, going away, reflecting on, reflecting on the interview. They've gone and got jobs, you know, elsewhere, maybe in like solicitors, for example, and they've, they've come back and they've gone, oh, actually that, that experience was invaluable and actually I couldn't have been a barrister without that, so thank yeah. you. yeah. And I think what's really interesting is, you know, surrounding yourself with that, if you like, advisory board. I mean, I work in sport, so we call it the athlete-centric approach, but the athlete will have a sports nutritionist, a sports psychologist, a strength and conditioning manager, and so on and so on. So, but it's the same if you're a, if you're a pupil barrister, you know, you will need body language skills, you'll need interpersonal skills, you'll need help with your written work, with your advocacy, with your law, your technical, you know, your bread and butter as well. So, you know, I wouldn't be afraid of actually, you know, reaching out to people and saying, I'm going to have, you know, the, the Lisa Redmond's advisory board on pupillage. And those people have a range of skills to, you know, help you develop further and hopefully get you over the line as well. And, you know, actually use, you know, good practice from other sectors, whether it's business and sport, to help you, you know, achieve your goal and your dreams. I'll also put three book recommendations in the show notes for you. Okay. Because when I was thinking and doing the prep for the podcast, the three I would recommend just to put them in is the first one is Squiggly Career. The second one is Chimp Management, which I've mentioned loads yeah. of times, Professor Steve Peacock, and also the work at Peacock, Steve uh, Peters <laughs> even. And finally, the work of Dr. Carol Dweck, so Mindset. So before we close, we've got our traditional game now of roll that dice. And Raj, I think you're going to be the candidate this time. Is that right? Uh, That's right. Yeah. Okay. So let's roll that dice. Career highlight. Um, Well, for me, I mean, I've I've had lots of career highlights, which which has been good as well as lowlights. But for me, it was what I call a Trafalgar Square moment. So 
when we took over sort of British sport back in 2000, a lot of the team, you know, they, they were a bunch of losers. They weren't used to winning. So we, um, <laughs> we took them to Trafalgar Square and we visualized, we said this, can you imagine what it's going to be like when we start winning? Cause we're going to be in Trafalgar Square. And we had a number of Trafalgar Square moments, but the best one was undoubtedly we won the bid. I was accounting officer for the 2012 Olympics. And when we won the bid in 2006, 2005, 2006, Trafalgar Square was was full. And it was just one of those brilliant moments when actually you'd actually had the sort of vision of we're going to stand in Trafalgar Square and the whole team went with thousands of other people into Trafalgar Square to celebrate. So that was probably my career highlight because it happened. Excellent. Well, that brings this episode of Family Law and More to a conclusion. Let me thank Raj, Fiona and Eve for your invaluable contribution and insights today. And to all our listeners, but especially those who have received a no, not this time, keep going stay in touch and we hope that you'll be sat in front of us next may where you get to tell us about the journey you've been on thanks everyone thanks thank you thanks lisa